0: guys, welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. This is Austin, your host for the ad space today. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the community of preparedness. We appreciate you being here and coming to Fieldcraft for all your preparedness conversations, talks, gears, gadgets, and all the other great things that we do here. So um, I'm going to talk to you guys about what makes this content free for you, our podcast. And our first sponsor is Black Rifle Coffee Company. So we've become really good friends with everybody there. Um, and it all spun from Mike and Evan's relationship, and awesome, you know, man. it's it's actually That's turned amazing. into an awesome We're business relationship them. now. Where you know, I've gotten to know their team. Before, you know, before. I'm learning a lot from their team in anybody. media. I don't either, man. I can't as my far babies, as babies. Art, like, creativity, babies. and all these other things. So it's been really beneficial across yeah. the board for all of our other yeah. employees as yeah. well, and even in in training and everything. We're seeing benefits across the board. It's been awesome. It's been really fun. We love those guys. But ten years. What's great for you guys about that relationship is one, we're doing a ton of awesome content um, that Black Rifle is going to be using, we're going to be using. It's going to be a good time. And it's going to be educational and it's going to be fun. But what's even better for you guys is that we now have a discount code for you guys to use with Black Rifle. And that is CRAFT15. And it will save you 15% off your first club order if you sign up for the coffee club which i strongly recommend uh because it's awesome it's what got me into coffee i've never been a coffee guy myself but now i got the coffee club i found a blend that i liked and they hook it up so head over to the coffee club go to blackriflecoffee.com and use code 15, craft 15 and it'll save you that 15 percent because you can go on there customize whatever coffee it is that you want uh, figure it out and then figure out how often you want it sent to you so it's it's pretty awesome so Uh, And again, that's BlackRifleCoffee.com. Craft15 is the code. Next up are friends from Anthem Snacks. Guys, if you don't know who Anthem Snacks is, you're already wrong. You need to go over on IG, find them on their website, type in Anthem Snacks, and you'll find them. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to buy their peppered jerky. That's my favorite. They make some of the best beef jerky that I've ever had. And I actually was just talking. Um, uh, I think it was in an Instagram post I had done or something, but we were... Um, but, but talking fly about, if you come fly up in jerky the jerky. office, yeah, just talking about like, hey, what's the, the best fuel for while you're life. in the backcountry? Like, what do you guys That's think? And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually tough because everybody has their, their biases. Everybody has their own understandings of what's best for them. But generally speaking, the consensus is everybody loves beef jerky. It's, it's really light, it packs like down really small, and it, so and it tastes amazing, and it gives you all those nutrients, nutrients that you need, proteins, nutrients, you need, the proteins, nutrients, the, the nutrients, carbs, the calories, all, you know, all the things the vitamins, you need when you're out there putting out in the, the woods, guns, so uh, Anthem Snacks, to me, is the best and I've and ever had, and I mean, the they've got like a strong sense of community, community. They've you know, it's another Green Beret owner and founder of that company, they're based out of Montana, and I mean they're just right, good ready? people and it's it's it, honest to god it's the best jerky i've ever had. So guys right. head over to their website and, and use together. code fieldcraft10. Okay. Ready? It. Everybody ready? First. first. And, right, okay, <laughs> okay. and also we're going to talk to you now we're about hot. our sponsor okay. KC Highlights. Now all right. we've all become really good friends with this group as well and um you'll see the theme at Fieldcraft, you know, we're not in bed and we're not doing business with anybody that they're just not good people. So um, we've always loved the guys over at KC, the whole KC fam. If you're not familiar, I mean, they got this whole group of folks over there that are rocking their stuff and they're all awesome. And so, if you're needing lights for anything that you're doing uh, on any kind of mobility platform, whether that's on your boat, you need them for a motorcycle, you want them on your overlanding rig, they got lights for you. So, guys, head over to kchighlights.com, use code FUELCRAFT, and it's going to save you 10%. And I'm telling you, uh, I just got a new vehicle. I'm pretty excited. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do to it, contrary to what they're all going to tell me, is I'm going to put those lights on it. Just because I, I love those guys and and I know the quality of the product that I'm going to get. It's just an, it's an easy thing for me to you know it's an easy thing for them to sell me. So it just makes sense. So guys, kchighlights.com, code Fieldcraft and I'll save you ten percent.
1: DJ Cole, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. No oh, pleasure. Thanks. thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, so by time this airs. Your face is known. It'll be known now. I'm going to personally post your face all over all the social <laughs> media platforms, just in detail, yeah. like just running around. But you you made a deliberate decision early on to, to not show your face. Why was that?
2: One was a confidence thing. Um, you know, live in the shadows for so long, you it's very hard to come out and tell people who you did or what you did and your background and everything else. Um, and then I was looking at government contracting and – I didn't know training and uh, GBRS going to be a full time thing. I thought that was going to be the the moon. I didn't want my identity to be out there anyway. We've kind of, you know, we've burnt the ships. So there no retreat. This is the only way forward now. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's time, I think, for us because of uh, the emotional state we're in now and the ability to say it. The eyes tell a lot. And when you take away that, the human interaction, it's missing. So, we take away the blur. Like, you can see the emotion, you can see the stories, you can see the experience through our eyes. Um, and I think a lot of people are missing out on that.
1: Yeah, that's Take interesting. Away. I never really thought about it like that. Uh, whenever I see dudes do it now, it's like a marketing tactic. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not real because there's no reason to blur their, their face. But if I if I went back in, to my contracting days and did media, you'd have to blur your face. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be compromised all over the world, which, you know, we are now. But... um that's interesting, man. I I wanted to talk to you guys about G- GBRS's story, because people who don't know kind of what that means in its context, um, as far as like what you guys wanted out of it. Uh, let's talk about like the origin stories of, of GBRS. I mean, we don't have to get into details of the acronym, because there's actually another acronym for it, right? Global Battlefield Research Solutions. You just made that shit up just now. Yeah, just, just now. Yeah, the T-shirt and everything. <laughs> Um, how'd that start? I mean, how'd that start for you guys?
2: Going through a med board um, right at 17 years, got hurt real bad. Um, I was in a bad spot, dude. I was. Um, I went to NYCO, all kinds of prescription meds for like my last decade in, and um, I was not ready to retire. I didn't. I had a bad injury, bad infection. The rehab went extra long, and then we got electrocuted. <laughs> went through that whole process, and we had started a skateboard company off just um, art therapy it was so beneficial for me and so many guys were in that hospital and you saw it it was clear as day nothing more than taking painting a brush and painting a mask like you could get out some serious emotional um trauma and it really helped me it saved me and we came back i told him and uh he had already started a couple businesses he ran all the backside and we started making skateboards art therapy inspired and started doing little collaborations with companies and that thing started to go but i was still getting ready to do the contract stuff um, I was still gearing up, I was trying to rehab myself. And kind of sat down one day and he's like, what'll keep you from going overseas? Didn't want to be the last guy to get killed in Afghanistan. Like, I got kids now, I got a wife, got people to depend on me. He didn't want to go and you know we're connected at the hip. He's like, well, what if we start something here and give back? Cause knowledge transfer was uh, the real focus. Like there's so much information we have, like we messed this up so many times. We can save people, we can through just a conversation He's like, well let's start GBS and within 45 minutes he <laughs> formed an LLC and we we started and-
1: yeah that's uh, um Cole I get the impression from talking to you that this education whether it's philanthropic or 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 just letting people know is an important subject matter for you and uh, is that because your own transitional issues like why, why are you so passionate about this idea of of education and, and compassion for this transition?
3: I think it was uh, easily transferable from our time in the military and our care and what we learned there. You know, we referenced lessons uh, learned in blood. We didn't want to relearn those. Um, and the transition of getting out and kind of reinventing yourself, um, being able to pass on the knowledge that we've learned over the last 20 years and uh, still help you know the real end user Um, We've known those pains, uh, losses, um, evolving tactics, technology, and we wanted to simplify that and really make it safer and better for all those men and women.
1: Yeah, it's interesting uh, as a correlation when you look at um, guys like yourself that served in the teams and then uh, development group and then had a a significant operational career where your career field defined you. I mean, people – People misunderstand or misrepresent that culture because it's not a job. You are that. Your whole life is immersed in it. Uh, I think I heard Jocko talking to Jack Carr recently about um, whether putting your family or the mission first. And it was always the mission because you couldn't have a family if you didn't put the mission first and foremost because you wouldn't survive. And so you had to be hard focused. But that, that comes with a loss. I mean, like when I reflect on my career, I pissed it all away personally, but I achieved a lot. So I got the rack of ribbons. I got all the certification, the qualifications, and probably the clout in this realm, in this world, because of it. But I lost everything personally. I gave it all up. I mean, I was a, I was a piece of shit. I mean, I, I, when looking back on it now, I have a high level of respect for guys who struck the balance, which I don't know how they did. Um, but there are guys that were operators that were very good and they had this home life balance, that wasn't me. I was like 100% committed to the mission. And then when you when you transition, then your life gets turned upside down because all you're left with is what you left behind. And sometimes that's nothing. Um, I was sleeping on it. I was a, probably a senior E8, just separated from the military and went to the reserve component where I made Sergeant Major and was sleeping on an air mattress in an apartment complex in Texas going, how the fuck did I get, how did I regress myself and get into this position. Um, Cole, you, you guys are doing GBRS and and, and now you have uh, a couple hard focuses. What do you see GBRS being as a company? And then what does that feature look like for you guys?
3: I mean, GBRS keeps evolving every day. Um, we're gonna stick to our core values on um, providing the best training that we can. Um, both the service men and women, but also civilians that, you know, want to educate themselves as well as products um, and really kind of help that transition, uh, not only for military, but individuals that feel like they may be alone. Um, I mean, we've made every mistake. Yeah. Yeah, You you guys, so tell me the story about how you guys, you grew up
1: without knowing each other, but 30 minutes apart, your dads were both SEALs. So
2: Um, how does that, So my dad was a SEAL. His uncle was a SEAL. Yeah. Um,
1: So I actually rolled in his class.
2: I got rolled in diving, um, pole competency, part of a second phase in BUDS. I got rolled in his class. And I was 17 when I went to BUDS. Um, I rolled up there the youngest guy in the class, and I got uh, one of the older guys to buy me beer. And I walked up to all the young guys, all the cronies who were up top on the third deck, and I walked up, two cases of beer. Hey, guys, I'm DJ. Within five minutes, Virginia Beach comes out of his mouth. I'm from Virginia Beach. Started striking up a conversation. We made it through second phase and we got a long, uh, we got two weeks off to go home for Christmas. We flew back home to Virginia Beach. His family came down, met my family and became best friends ever since. Um, Yeah, but it, uh, like for me, that that transition piece was hard because I grew up in the teams, like it's all I ever knew. Um, My dad graduated buds when uh, my mom was six months pregnant with me. So my entire life was in the team room. It was always like Rudy Bosch was his CMC. Like I grew up in that era. So like that's all I ever knew. So when I joined, I thought I was going to do log PT my entire fucking life. I did. Yeah, you were like, prepared like, though. Yeah, like there wasn't um, there wasn't a combat thing going on. Um, we didn't have to deal with a lot of loss. He was gone all the time. You know, three hundred days a year, did ten deployments. So, I knew that life.
4: Mm. I
2: knew PT. I knew I knew the team life. I knew how to shit talk with team guys at a very professional level at a very young age. So when I joined the teams, I, I felt like I had been there for a long time, and it really fucked me up. Because the old guys were not having that. So you got smacked down pretty quick when you first come in. Or reset the reality. But for me, it uh, it was all I ever wanted. And then when you saw it, you saw key individuals across my career, how good they were. Just baseline how good they were. And the only way to get there, I felt, if you followed their metric, was you stripped out everything else and you became obsessed with being the very best at everything you could. The very best jumper, CQB, shooting, tactician, just... Your mindset, physically, because there's a big physical component to everything we do. And it basically came on a straight track to become what I feel, like as good as I could possibly be. And we had to cut out everything. Family, personal. I mean, luckily for me, I I rolled into a a group that really put it first. They sacrificed everything. Um, And I thought it was worth it. I did. Um, Like that mission set being around those people, that caliber just... The performance on demand you couldn't have a bad day yeah and to me i, I justify with the wife no one's going to die if i'm a 65 percent husband no one if i do that shit at work people will fucking die you just can't it deserves the obsession the nation deserves it they deserve an easy button push come rescue me and my whole family right now and they deserve a force that's completely dedicated it's like ideally everybody's six foot four 275 they look like Dolph Lundgren they're the best shooters in the world they're the professional skydivers professional divers everything and I thought the only way to even get on par is to completely
1: obsess and surround myself with people who are better than me how do you come off that high though like how do do you when talking about transition I mean we had talked about your circumstance and and you told me it almost killed you how do you how do you I mean I'm assuming from my own experience you just don't i mean what happens is you eventually get conditioned or reconditioned and then and then you accept your new reality i so you
2: chase it so that you chase it for a while you chase it it's hard yeah you contract you do you know booze you pop pills you do something you're chasing that sense of belonging and thank god for these dudes like with you know the skateboard stuff and gbrs like we had to make the team within the team and if you got to come to virginia beach and check it out but we we built a little compound we've got a kill house we got a gym everybody in there is team related like they're all cherry picked and very selective with who we let in that building for a reason cut out all the bullshit and left everything
1: we loved about it so you created your own we did. team room yeah we did. Yeah, that's what i, I mean philcraft is a reflection of my selfishness and creating a culture around things that reminded me of the teams and uh, you guys where, where does the skateboard component come in? How, how, how did that evolve? What is that, is that from?
2: So I grew up skateboarding. Um, in Chesapeake, Virginia, there's nothing to do out there. I grew up on a small family farm, and the old man was gone. He wasn't there. So TV, my mom, and skateboarding raised me. Had a couple older kids uh, that lived down the road, had half pipes, built one in the backyard and just did that, just started competing. Then I started getting hurt, and then it was always uh, – that was a friction point. I'd get hurt. I'd get grounded from skateboarding. You break your arm you can't go to buds so that was the only always the end goal Like, gotta be a navy seal um and then when i joined i basically had to shelf it the entire time like i couldn't justify yeah, rolling an ankle and missing yeah. a deployment you can't play basketball no yeah you, you, you can't yeah. do shit. like and then it got to the point where skateboarding competitively at 140 pounds when i joined the navy to now at 220 is very different yeah it's like you take a fall at 220 and break your wrist oh yeah the whole team is going to kill you like they yeah. are going to be pissed and yeah. it just shows like I couldn't justify that. I could justify combatives. I could justify skydiving. It's part of my job. I couldn't justify weightboarding, longboarding. Like, I, I couldn't justify it. I couldn't justify getting hurt with something that would take me away from employment.
3: I mean, I think the creativity and the um, the art therapy that DJ found, um, I mean, remind you of being a child. When you're growing up and skating, like simple, you want to be life. a pro pro skater. Yeah. And now we have a, a little skate team, and, like, you see that like sparkle no. in their eyes and it's like I mean you remember like flipping through the
2: CCS looking at oh, all the decks and you're like that's all I wanted yeah. to
3: be was a skateboarder
2: you find a badass yeah. artist and I'm like I want you to make me Yeah, draw this for me
1: I grew up in Daytona Beach and uh, Stonehenge Hinge was down the road and that's all we did was half pipe I rode my skateboard to school I used to check in the principal's office like that's mm-hmm. all that was life and it's funny because I have that same similar tie where you, I couldn't justify it right and then my big ass on a skateboard now, you know, I'd die if I hit mm, the ground, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, what what is the art component? Is that is that your thing? Called the art piece of that, or who's the?
2: No, so we've got a bunch of freelance artists. We had um we had our tattoo artist in the very beginning. Oh, cool. Um, so all the guy that did all our ink switched over and did digital. Um, we've
1: actually got a one of the Gold Star daughters. She does art for us now. Really cool. Yeah. So you, you guys own that company together, yeah. the skateboard company, mm-hmm. and you have Gold Star kids. All Gold Star. All Gold Star employees that work for that company. Families,
3: kids, yeah. Yeah, the and I mean, ones respectively, they're maybe 18 to I mean, 18 years, to 22. Yeah.
1: yeah, so if you don't know what Gold Star is, it's um, – I mean, I, I advocate for a, a nonprofit called Gold Star Teen Adventures. GSTA um, started by a buddy of mine, Kent Solheim, who now I think he's a group commander – but um you know gold star are the kids of the service members who don't make it back who are killed in combat um and that's super how did that how did that come to fruition like how did how do you get that to happen was that on accident
2: no, no. organically yeah, yeah. So yeah. like growing was... up in virginia beach like you know them all yeah, yeah yeah family stay there um so my wife's actually a gold star oh really so super in tight with that whole community anyway. Um, wow. And unfortunately they're all, we're all one giant family and they all graduate high school and COVID hit and they're like, they need jobs. We're good because we need workers. And we've known them their entire lives. Like knee high to a duck, like, wow. like three years old, we've known them all. Yeah. And it's like, we love them. We see them, family barbecues. Like, I mean, I think we tell those kids three times a day, like, I love you. That's that we do, so awesome. like, we've known them forever. So it is one big family. Um, Selfishly, when you see them, you think about their old man, you see their moms, you know the struggle because you've had to knock on those doors, you know how fucking hard that is. Yeah. And now when you see them um, from where they were, just not sheltered, but shielded, yeah um, because their dads were special yeah. and they did get killed. So we, you know, we threw a barrier around them and now that barrier is kind of off. And the only people that know the trauma they go through are the Gold Stars themselves. So we put them all in a room and we just let them work it out. Like, if you got some shit on your mind, if you're going through some shit, Talk about it right now. Wow. And we do. We have open forum, dude. We cry in there all the fucking time. That's it, awesome,
1: man.
2: Like to me, it's amazing. Like to watch the transition from where they started to now. I couldn't be more proud. That's a,
1: that's
2: and amazing.
0: It is like it's guys, we're gonna interrupt the podcast for just a second and talk to you about one of our OG sponsors, Triarc Systems. Triarc has been with us and supporting us. Uh, since day one. They've always been great to us and they make the best weapon systems on planet earth. I promise you that. So guys, you need to head over to TriarcSystems.com, see what they got going on and they can actually build you a custom gun. And I'm telling you the tolerances on these things. I mean, in the way that these things run, it's, it's immaculate. The training staff has been loving using triarch systems. Um, and I, just the experience that I have running a triarch gun has been amazing. I mean, they're flawless. So guys head over to TriarcSystems.com use code fuelcraft and it'll save you 5% on your next build with our Systems.
1: I I um are you guys still close with the teams? Uh, are you guys still close with the units because I've I found it hard I I, I mean that that machine chews and spits out dudes constantly, right? And it's a, it's it the momentum of that is unstoppable. And so uh, I know a lot of guys who try to stay connected, but it's difficult. Have you guys had any type of connection with the, the units that you used to work with? Or is it kind of just like, hey, that was a part of my life that's gone and forgotten. Or not forgotten, but it, it, at least segmented for my life now. And you're doing your own thing. Or are you guys still involved at, at all?
2: You still got close friends you did a bunch of a bunch of stuff with. Like family friends. I mean, yeah. Kids still get together and all that. Um, I find that um, I kind of wish I would have moved. It's yeah. very hard to stop at a red light and go to 711 and see the guys and getting ready for deployment and they are talking about this and that and're you like, oh yeah. God, I miss that so much um but no I think um separating trying to get some trying to get some some distance away from that um, it's better for you yeah because Cause it's, it's not healthy, used, yeah. yeah like you start to obsess about it and you start to second guess things and yeah
1: like maybe to, there's another I don't know. There's another light. There's another fight. (laughs) They're going to give me a call. Maybe I should just give them my number and stay on the hook.
3: I mean, we say there's that separation, but I mean, we're here for any of them. Um, And we keep contact with them. And again, that transition is such a sensitive time that we try and encourage them not to cut themselves short and let them know it's okay. And not to relive our mistakes that we've done in that transition. So. Well, I mean, one of those transitions is, I
2: mean, you know, the ego portion of it. Um, when guys leave the team and they leave the community and they start to do field craft, they start to do GBRS, there's a lot of hate spitting because yeah. they're doing something else. Yeah. And the thing I tell the guys now, because they come in the shop all the time, talk, um, until you've done the transition, you have no idea. You've never been a civilian. You joined the military at 17, 18 years old. You've never had a job at McDonald's. You have no idea what an HR complaint is. You have no idea what social media is. You don't know what a troll account is. You don't know about social media bans and shadow bans and all this bullshit you have to do. It's hard, man. It's a lot harder than I thought it was. Um, yeah,
1: I, I compare it to, you know, our idea of singleton operations is like this one idea and concept. And I'm like, this is like true singleton operations. Because you're out there flapping and you have no support. You don't have a, you don't have a platoon of rangers coming to save your ass. It's just you. And that, that in a way, is also freedom. But I also think it's like a burden of responsibility as an entrepreneur. Like I often think what we're building is also a lily pad for guys coming out. Because those dudes, like, your peers are still serving. They're still fighting. Your time got cut short because of injury. Um, my peers are squadron sergeant majors, command sergeant majors, group sergeant majors. And those dudes are going to get out. And they're going to have – a few more rotations than i had and there's going to be a different world that they come into and if we're not preparing the objective waiting for them they're going to be screwed and they're going to insulate like we do compartmentalize all those feelings like we do and then uh, look at ourselves like a burden which we do and then and and check out and that's that's what scares the shit out of me for the future for guys that are still serving
2: some of the things we talked about is um guys want to they want to leave the community They want to leave that organization they want to reinvent themselves completely and they forget you haven't been solo this entire time you've had an admin guy doing this you've had you've had corman doing that i mean you've had people coddling you for 20 years essentially like they've been doing all the backside and then people want to lift and shift and do a new career with no backside and think yeah. they can just do it and that's when they tank like, don't try to do it on your own man build yeah. a team and then go like you have the concept, you know how to work high performance teams. There's nothing high performance about you by yourself. It's all the people that got you there. It's the same thing in business. Like, yeah. Just don't forget it. Like, all those admin people,
1: they got you there. It's the same thing on this side. Yeah, it's so interesting that we don't, we don't remember that. We're capable of building teams, but also we've been, like you said, coddled. I mean, we were used to having support mechanisms and enablers and everything to help us succeed. But you have to build it from scratch. I mean, you're the Beckwith now. You got to start from zero, man. You have to reinvent everything. And you, you, as you guys build this business, I know you guys have dealt with the same dilemmas. We talked about the challenges of, of of building business. What's been some of the most difficult challenges that you didn't expect that you you were working through? And how are some of those ways that you kind of navigated that?
3: <sighs> ah there's a laundry list yeah Man. um well one launching a company in the middle of COVID, that, that was a major challenge um i think all of us uh, can say that we've stayed extremely flexible um in the decision making our lives kind of were at risk on it um, same thing with starting a new venture like your families are at risk um, and staying flexible um while maintaining core values um the hardest thing, man. Um, expectation management. Yeah,
2: like for I mean, me is is realizing that um, when I was in the military, I could walk into pretty much any room inside of any given compound and Thanos my fingers and people snap too. In the civilian world, it's not that way. Yeah, like you shoot, uh, you shoot your lawyer an email like, hey, have this done. Ten days later, no response. Like, <sighs> okay, where are my T-shirts at? And they're like, oh, that's on a six-week back order. You didn't want to let me know that like just the communication like you can't make these people snap unless you control it all unless you have trusted agents everywhere it's very hard to get people to produce like performance on demand that's why we keep saying it like i need you to act right now like why is this taking so long (laughs) like i don't understand like you don't realize that that dude has 55 other clients like he's got everything else going on like you're just one of
1: many yeah like, or he's just lazy as shit. Exactly.
2: What to do his job. You're like, damn, can you just be a
3: professional? Like right now, could you just be a pro, please? <laughs> shit. um Maybe. Communication too, and it's been rough. Um, I mean, yeah. you got to learn a different style of communication. Yeah. Um, you you are all on one synced goal, and you don't really have to worry about communication. But now it's like, you have HR, you have marketing, you have product development, and syncing that whole team. I mean, one of the things that happened to us is, uh,
2: you know, he. would He'd say something, and it'd piss me off, and I'd, I'd sit on it for three or four days, and I'd have a, a little bit of a shitty undertone, and then he'd start to see it, and it'd start to erode our relationship just a little bit, just pulling the strings in the yeah, mouth yeah. To, make it, to make it weird. and We finally just had a hard reset. We're like, we're not ever doing that again. The moment I say something you don't like, I want you to
1: say it. Yeah, like, which is different than being on a team. It where is. You build resentment because you can't be completely honest in the team room depending on your status in the team room. Yep just like, right now,
2: we control every aspect of this team room. Yeah. Everybody, from the, from the lowest person in the shop folding T-shirts all the way to Cole and everybody else, just say it. Like, we're not letting this thing fester. Never again. Just say it.
1: Interesting. Yeah, team dynamics, especially in the hierarchy of uh, Tier 1 teams, is completely different than the natural world, right? A civilian world is completely different, the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. the command the, the chain of custody and the uh, chain of command is completely different man uh, i'm not I, i've gotten used to it like I, I look at you guys and go you know i feel like you know i got the thousand yard stare you get the hundred yard stare right and i'm like just be careful man you know i'm like trying to uh communicate that business stuff that that i've made those gross mistakes on because it's such a weird world it's such a weird world and 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 just some context for the listeners listening to this you know I've was been in the Army since I was 17 as well like that's all I know and so trying to change a language you know trying to change your way of doing business completely because you've been conditioned the entire uh, your entire career of doing it one way is one of the biggest challenges which is called the transition which is the part of the transition which I don't think ends on a certain date it's not like a 60 day it's not a 90 day it's continuous yeah. I deal with it probably every single day in some facet. I'm like, damn, I screwed that up. Um, I was just talking to me and Andy Stumford doing a, a thing like Navy versus army. And, uh, <laughs> uh, what's the, what's the company? Um, Duke cannon, great company. They reached out to us and they want to do a fundraiser. And, uh, they emailed us both. And in the email, um, it's Army versus Navy and the winner of whatever challenge we choose gets a hundred thousand towards charity and the loser gets 25k towards charity and so the marketing guys on that email and I want to bust Andy's balls because he's a friend of mine so I'm like he's on the CC of this email so he's gonna see it and I'm like um I, I get why you chose me but why'd you choose Andy like you could have picked a cooler seal like is Jocko available and I'm making this joke. <laughs> Except I'm the only asshole in the room laughing. <laughs> you know. Andy texts me and goes, hey man, if you want to use Jocko, just let me know. I could, I'll give you his information. And I'm like, are you fucking with me right now? And then he emails the person who's the marketing person. He's like, hey, if you guys want to use Jocko. And the marketing guy is like, oh my, he's like awkward. And I'm like, so, this would have been funny in a team room. Mm-hmm. This is not working out in a no. business setting. Yeah, and yeah. I had to recant. My, I'm like, guys, I'm just joking. Like, I'm please, please, I'm just joking. And the shit doesn't translate, man. Which is my whole entire experience in today yeah.
2: life. Some yeah. of that team room humor just does not translate.
3: <laughs> the There's like yeah. a whole new filter, and like you got to know your audience.
1: Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a, that's a change. What, what about the people thing? I know you guys, I, we don't have to talk about it in detail. Um, of recent, have had some issues personality wise with guys that's that personally hurts me the most because i work with a lot of guys that i've i mean some of my best friends that i thought that had been kind of disaffected and because of a business or miss uh, perception of business it affected our personal relationships and i'm like how the fuck do we let that happen and it happened i mean it happened with me like i can name two or three instances of it happening yeah. how do you navigate issues like that i mean how does how do you how, how do you navigate that world
2: i mean i basically take gbrs and i put it right at the top where i did the command yeah. and the progression there Yep. and i just blind out everything else yeah like if you're not on that path nope yeah that's the steam mission. rolling straight ahead that is the mission that's the focus that's the why like that's our families That's everything in a straight shot that way you can either get on the train i'm not stopping we can't now. Like yeah. The 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 group before the individual, like that's what it is. Everything in that building comes before you do. Yeah. And that's that includes me. I mean, that's our stance now. If, Absolutely. If I come off the
3: rails, gotta go. I mean the unified um the unified vision and loyalty to the mission. Yeah. yeah. Like whatever that is. The loyalty to the group. Whatever yeah. it is that you you as a collective are all working towards. I mean there's we've been at almost physical blows but there's never a question of our loyalty to what we we're doing yeah
1: yeah that's imp- like uh, that's the perfect way to position it because just like you did in the military when you set that mindset that protocol then everything you're doing is investing in that entity right and and that kind of loyalty is what you need because uh, the reality of your circumstance like many entrepreneurs is that's not just you and your ego that's your livelihood. That's your family's security. That's your future generation's family's security. And you have to have that mindset. And what I've found is all the guys that kind of have been disaffected were all in it for themselves. They weren't in it for any other purpose or cause. It was kind of their their thing and their egos got in the way, which which is why we had to separate. Which is gonna happen. I mean, personality wise. Yeah. It just happened. We all have different incentives, different Yeah, I mean there's nothing wrong with that. I mean Yeah.
2: Some people don't wanna put that motto first. I mean, it's the group for the individual. Yeah. That's what it was, Like, this is the end state. Everything goes to that. I mean,
3: I, mean, I think one, one thing that's kept us honest that I've definitely leaned on is um, as long as I can look myself in the mirror and know I've done everything I can, I'm good with it. Being medically retired from the military, I needed to be okay looking in the mirror and be like, I'm good with what I did or didn't do. Um, that's just kind of what's kept me honest, yeah,
1: yeah. are you um uh, I mean you guys are young, operator wise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you transition that energy of what is like operational relevancy and missing the mission, the ops? How does that transition into business for you guys? I mean, how do you like you still got the energy to kill bad guys? But how do you take that model and make it succeed now in your business? And what? what, How do you? How do you define that? I mean, what's the mission now? To give back. I mean, knowledge transfer.
2: Knowledge transfer. I mean, yeah. The most simplistic way that that became the why. It's like, got a lot of information up here. Like I'd really like to help you, so you don't
3: have happen you and happen us. Interesting. I make mm-hmm. the next generations, generations better, better than us. Is that in training? Is that in
1: product? Is that, is that just, that's everything. That's every
2: everything. day. It's mindset. It's from everything. Shoe selection to sling selection, everything in between. Like everything matters. Like the details, the, I mean, every single bit of it matters. And the guys who have done it long enough and professionally enough and are obsessed over the details, they realize it. Like they know it matters. For the people that don't, um, we'll say the direct consumer, whoever, the people who haven't served in the military but want to know the details, like you'll find out really quickly. All the people who've done it professionally all say the same thing: master the basics, obsessive every detail, from you know my right big toe driving into the ground to make sure my toes are in line. I mean everything, just the finite details, and be able to transfer that over to a SWAT team guy who we talked about it earlier. I don't know how many rooms I've assaulted, but it's a shit ton, and 95% have been benign. It's like if you can connect reality to what they're doing, you only have to be locked on 100% of your ability for the next 14 minutes. This house is small, dude. Like every angle in here is trying to kill you right now. We talk about high-end CQB and everything else. It's like we can connect it to reality and let them know like, you really got to lock it on right here, not on the drive-in, not on the drive home, not on the foot patrol in, not a foot patrol home. Right now, next 13 minutes, 100% of your ability because your life depends on it. My life does, his life does. If we all just have the collective, um, basically obsession or the, the willingness to go the extra mile, the proof's in the pudding, you see it. We saw it. I mean, I saw it after um, we got through selection. You see the team within the team, you're like, holy shit. Like I've never seen it be that good because everybody's obsessed. Like, Interesting. Like there is no daytime. We talk about like the levels of CQB. We call it Virginia Beach CQB. Like we're just moving around, just having fun. Real world CQB and like a show off. Like um, HQ comes down, they want to watch your team do a run. Like, all right, everybody, really turn it on, really dynamic, really sexy. It's not real. You wouldn't do that if there was a dude in that room. We strip it all out and we only do real. So when we train, that's the only thing we put out. That flashy shit on Instagram, it's not real. I wouldn't do that if there was a dude in the room.
0: We do that shit. When we train, it's very different. Guys, we're going to interrupt you for just a second and talk to you about our sponsor, Hoist. Hoist is the solution for the people that are relentless in the pursuits. So I can't think of a better catchphrase for all of us that listen and digest this content into preparedness. Uh, it's pretty good. And I got to tell you from my own experiences, um, I really have enjoyed using Hoist because it's it's great for keeping me hydrated while I'm in the backcountry. I always keep a couple of packets of their goods in my SAR bag for when I'm on a search and rescue call. And then I carry a drink when I can. Uh, We've got them here at the office for, you know, if we get in here from the gym or uh, back from whatever it is we're out doing, uh, we can hydrate. And they actually, it's been proven that they will keep you 110% better hydrated. Longer than water will. It's, cr- it's kind of crazy. So, head over to their website, drinkhoist.com, and they actually have some information about the science on their website, and you can read about how the whole thing works. And it's one, they're one of three approved electrolyte hydration drink brands uh, by the Department of Defense. So, you know, for them to get to that point, they had to do all the testing, they've had to prove the concept, and it works, guys. So, you need to check them out. So, go to their website, drinkhoist.com, use code FieldCraft10, and it'll save you 10%. On your next purchase. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that's the
1: disconnect, right? Between um, even taking guys from the tactical realm um, and separating out the guys from the tactical realm who've killed bad guys in combat, who've seen the realities of combat and war. That whole uh, learning curve has completely changed how we look at training, how we look at real-world operations. And uh, what I've realized in being, I guess, in the tactical space is the overwhelming majority of tactical instructors are the guys who have modeled and captured the scripts and the behavior but have never witnessed what that is. I mean, like the first, like we were talking about, you were talking about before, like the first bad guy killed in Iraq, my barrel was touching his chest. I mean, it's like that close, confined space where, it's not about what you know, it's about what you can get away with. So you take your skill sets, you build them up, understanding if you're following the basics and everything's stripped away because reality is smashing you down. At least if you have something there and you understand what that what's left, you could survive. And, and guys don't realize that. That's why they have the flashy and the sexy. It's like, that's not applicable, man. That's not how it really works. And I'm glad to see companies like yours from a different service, a different organization coming out very public about the information that you disseminate and teaching guys. Now, I I wanna ask you, because there's a big controversy about teaching civilians nowadays, and um, I I haven't even asked this to you offline, um, but what's your take on um, military versus law law enforcement versus civilians? Are you going to train civilians? Or are you going to just stick to law enforcement? How is that going to work out for you guys?
2: It's military law enforcement, we've got um, we've got private clients we, we deal with, we train with. Um, it's not the typical open enrollment just for the safety factor. Um, just the vetting process <laughs> takes so much into it. Um, I think we do a really good job in the private stuff. The civilian translation, we call them universals. Um, the concept of the pistol drill is going to make so much sense to you that When you get that course of instruction, you can apply that to teach your six-year-old how to ride a bike. Because the obsession, the details, they're ingrained so much, we just hit them at nauseam. You're like, I probably should tell my kid, you really have to drive home with this leg to get the pedals rolling. Like, I Mm. forgot that detail. I forgot how hard she needs to push down to make the bike actually move.
4: Mm.
2: It's like, everything we do, we try to just obsess over the details because at the end of the day, Inside of that three feet, when that muscle flash goes off, you're either trained or you're untrained. Have you trained for that reality? or Have you not? Let's get a universal application that just translates to everything. Angles and distance and CQB, that's a universal. That angle and distance right there, that's that's a universal application. It doesn't matter if you're walking to the bathroom at the airport, taking a long way home so you don't go face-to-face with some dude, or in and out of elevators, everything. Just... The situational awareness, the preparedness, and the willingness to actually act on
1: that, I think, become the main focus. Yeah, it it is universal. universal. It's completely universal, and it's like, that's, like a lot of guys are like, well, we can't train with GBRS. I'm like, well, just listen to what they're saying. Because if they're teaching the process, because they're, they're, they're giving you the process through mindset, that's something that could truly be applied in practice every single day. You don't need to know how to shoot the target in a specific technical way That's the easy part it's the process that you're honing and everything else which i which i'm looking forward to seeing more of you guys' content as it rolls out and you guys start elevating uh, into 2022 because you guys uh, not only do content but the product you know the the military training law enforcement training but now the product is something that you guys are going to focus in uh, on complementing everything together right Mm -hmm. what what is that what's the idea behind product for you guys because you know a lot of guys private label their stuff um and they just put it out there but you guys are doing things that are fixing problems that are real problems that everybody can get into because it's a product offering how do how do you guys look at products and then what's the rollout Do you guys have a a segmented calendar where you're rolling out product how's it work for you guys as, as a business
3: I mean, we look at products and developing them kind of from the get-go. We're we're solving for a solution um, or a gap in the market. And not only identifying that, but we can't overprice it. Um, It's gotta be functional. We're not just gonna make a knife and tag GBRS and say, you should buy it because it's a GBRS knife. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, if you wanna carry concealed, you know, if you wanna carry it with a kit, if it needs to be non-metallic, like there's different solutions and tools, um, based on your situation, your kind of intent and need. I mean, that's how we approach training too, whether it's Gov, Mil, LE or specific civilian clients that it's like, there's an intent. It's, it's a very lengthy process even for us to do that kind of training, but it's if you go to a SWAT team. It's like, what are your problem? What are your problems? Let's. Let's add some tools. Like, we're not going to tell you you have to go against your ROEs. You have to do it a certain way. We're not in that situation, but we can maybe add a tool or or two and help that team unity. Same if it's a civilian individual. Like, what's your intent? Like, you just want to feel comfortable with a pistol and defending yourself at home? Okay. Let's find you a pistol that you like and fits in your hand for what your intent is.
2: I think a lot of guys, uh, especially the SWAT team guys, the CTV professionals, um, they really like the concept that we don't, dictate tactics like you don't yep. you don't come to a, a gbrs cqb course and we roll out a powerpoint and teach you cqb
4: yeah if that's
2: not that's not a thing we're not giving you anything let's take your sops and ttps yeah let's pressurize them and let's see if you'll actually do that under dress because yeah. a lot of it it's smoke and mirrors like you've got a guy who's he's never actually encountered anything even a not even an armed suspect a, a violent situation in close proximity they've never had it so you can um a lot of times with just a mindset conversation you can shift them completely. Now you add in some blank fire and you watch the wheels come off. That concept you were doing, you were taught by so-and-so is correct, but not when you're hitting a double wide. The concept is not there. They've never let you do that. And they don't know. They've never encountered it. Like What you're trying to do is a huge zipper technique for a ballroom. Doesn't make sense here. You can't force the application here. We want them to understand, like when they look at a problem, like. That just doesn't make sense. It doesn't come back the sniff test. Like, mm-hmm. would you do that for real? If there was a guy in that bathroom with a loaded pistol, you heard him rack it, would you take it the same way? The answer is no. And stop fucking doing it. And stop pretending, You're burning yeah. bad reps for the new guys, man. Like, they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. They've got to see what you're going to do for real. Because the first time that nine mil round blows past your head and you do some different kung fu that you've been honing on your own, it throws everybody off. Like, the team can't have that shit. Do what you're always going to do. Let's see it for real. Let's see it every time. Like, mm-hmm. burn 10,000 perfect reps you got to perform in a super bowl
3: you've been there before Mm. your mindset's there i mean i think our mindset kind of circling back just with the products it's like we're solving um for a solution we're trying to make it better and the best that we can do and it's like you look at weapon slings i mean i'm sure you could rattle off 20 things about weapon slings that you hate so that's a great starting point you want to make your own weapon sling like let's take all the things that we hate get rid of them And um, I think, too, not trying to make it over complex or flashy. It's like, we made this and it's functional. Here's why. There's utility in Mm mind.
1: Yeah, it's what I love about companies and guys like you is there's not enough of you, but it's like being consultants for the industry. Like, you need fresh blood to come into the space of the industry and innovate, um, make things more efficient. Um, and and recalibrate this thing that that constantly evolves. All the old industry, the legacy industries, they're used to getting away with the simple old saying. But when you guys got come in into a SWAT team and you're challenging them because of real world applications, they they should as an institution accept that and go, well damn man, this is we feel uncomfortable. Well that's good because that means you're changing. And that means you're adapting. And that whole segment so many institutions, so many companies, so many partnerships are just not willing to do. You need you to come in and shake shit up. Because if if, if not you, you, we're just going to be back to where we were, you know, and, and you know, September 10th mentality. Um, and we don't need that. We, we need a September 12th mentality. Um, w- with, uh, let's talk about a little bit of you guys' experiences in war and in combat. I mean, you guys had an epic run at it. You guys both medically retired the same year. Uh, it was I, A year after.
2: Yep. He yep. was in twenty. I was in uh, yep. August of nineteen.
1: Yeah. How would you sum up each of you your your operational and combat experience? Like, if you had to put it in, to some words. Um, the learning curve was steep. It
2: um, for me, it because I was so young. I mean, I was storm out of Iraq at nineteen. Um. It's pretty uncommon like i couldn't even drink a beer until my second rotation um none of it really made sense because a lot of the training back then in the early days i felt was a lot of um a lot of land warfare a lot of vietnam tactics a lot of l ambushes and claymores and then by the time you got over you realized that none of that was applicable none of it and we should have just been doing hard cqb every single day because it's all you're going to do drive humvees and do cqb that's it and i think once we got that concept really saw progression go through the roof. But then I always felt there was um, something was lacking. And I thought it was um, at the leadership level, people that were were really, really good sled dogs who were even better leaders that stayed in those positions for longer and they cultivated the culture. Like a bunch of people just wanted to be that one guy, that singleton. And next thing you know, there's 65 mini me's. And then when they disperse, you're like, okay like that's it like once you kind of ascend um i mean for me um the operational stuff was great um most of my stuff is super close proximity um i didn't do the vso thing we weren't getting these long engagements most of my engagements are inside of um 20 feet um and a lot of facefuls a lot of um i've been hit with the complacency quite a few times like benign target said like super complacent all of a sudden the intel was right. And you kind of walked in there a little bit of lackadaisical shit. Um, and got your ass handed to you. Yeah. Like that whole benign concept. Like we did 100 DAs on this rotation. And the first 40 were super benign. Nothing. Just bad target set, Bad intel. And then all of a sudden. Boom. You're like. That is why that dude. That's why there's a sign outside of the front gate. Complacency kills. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And now it snaps in. It's like a hard reality reset. Like, How long can you keep that? freshly ingrained in your mind like it is coming like around that corner and i feel like all those lessons learned they kind of culminated for me around year 10 and it was like if i just treat it like there's always a bad dude around the corner there's always a blue force guy i'm going to turn the corner will be a dude wearing multi-cam with a american flag patch with four tubes on his face i can deconflict there's gonna be a woman holding a baby there's gonna be a dude with a pk if i expect it all when i route the corner i'm not surprised but you have to play for real all day long. Um, and it's very hard to shut off. I got in that um, I kind of got in that mindset where the obsession over what could happen kind of forced my body position, my uh, my posture, my mindset, and my communication to expecting contact everywhere, even my personal life. Interesting. I'd walk into the old lady and I just dead a face full of yeah. Just I just send it and bad because I everything she would say, everything the kids would do was taking me away from work. It became a distraction I'm like you're gonna get me killed man like i'm not going to disney like i'm not going to disney right now i got to deploy in three weeks i'm not going like i'm locked in i'm singularly focused this is what has to happen because i know the reality of what's going to happen now it's almost killed me 15 times like i'm not gonna let it happen now hmm. like now that i've kind of ascended um you think that was the right answer you know what man at the looking back now i wouldn't have changed much i wish i um I wish I would have open communicated with her more. Yeah. Like just tell, tell her what you were feeling. Do yeah. d- just be honest. I mean, she's, she's no stranger to it. She know, yeah. um, but even with the guys, like I didn't, I didn't open up to, to these dudes. We just didn't. Yeah. Like out of judgment or out of whatever, just I'm in a fucking bad spot, man. Like the pressure of this place is consuming me. It's eating me alive. And it's like, I feel like I never voiced it. Um, I kind of used the combat stuff to kind of mask what I was really going through. And, you know, but I mean, um, combat was—it was good, man. It was sustained. It was—it was nice. It was, it was everything I ever wanted, and I really didn't want to go, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, just in, the, especially the headspace I was in towards the end. Yeah. In
1: hindsight, that's, and I—I I don't know what the recipe is there because there's a common kind of con- conflict, whether it's time on target, time in service, the combination of things where it's like there is an optimal time to separate and and before things implode especially in that culture where like you said you can't even talk about how you feel about stuff and and then you condition yourself just to suppress it and there is no other way because it's like why why would you talk about that? that's that's stupid it, i don't think a lot of guys go it's weak i think they just think it's dumb it's like why talk about that we got other harder focuses you know um cole what about you What what's your what's your sum
3: up of your combat experience i mean it's hard to summarize um priceless um you think you um, i mean you look at such a high performing team you start from early 2000s to current day and what that technologys evolved the mindsets like the openness where like early 2000s you wouldn't tell anybody that what bothered you now they're like we need to talk about it before it becomes a bigger issue. Um, we sacrificed everything. We're willing to. Um, I think we still are. I think I mean we are. Um, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, obviously, communicating better. <laughs> you know, the uh, the wives or husbands or whoever that put up with us deploying, the training, um, the losses. Uh, definitely wish I'd kind of communicated better, but yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, I learned so much. Um, you know, you start at seventeen, nineteen, whatever it is, and you evolve as a person and morals, values. You learn what works, doesn't. As long as you're not repeating mistakes, um, I mean, you just keep evolving, and learning. And I definitely have my military career to to thank for where I am today. Um, Yeah, it was good. I mean, you think about when this country was first founded. founded—like, People were willing to die for that freedom. And, I mean, definitely an honor. All right, guys, we're going
0: to interrupt you for just a second and talk to you about our sponsor, Kafaru. Guys, I learned about Kafaru a few years ago from Kevin Estella. I'd never heard of him prior to that. And when he showed me their bag, I was so impressed with the quality and not only just the quality of the materials and the way that it was designed and made, but that there's so much thought that goes into the actual design because you can tell that it's made by folks who live the life that we live. So if you're a hunter, outdoorsman, backpacker, they've got the gear that you need and it's designed by folks who live that life as well. And it just works. You know, it's, it's frustrating when you spend a bunch of money and a bunch of time trying to figure out what gear is best for you. And and then when you finally think you found the one and you get it, and then it just doesn't work the way you want it to. And you're like, man, clearly this guy didn't actually do this. You don't got to worry about that guy. So head over to kafaru.net, check out everything they got. I'm rocking a 22 mag for my search and rescue bag. And I freaking love it. It serves all the needs that I have out of that bag. uh, And I actually feel uh, really comfortable in saying that, you know, I don't have to trust another bag other than that one. So uh, kafaru.net and check out what they got going on guys
1: you know I, I don't you know I have a lot of experience working around different units and I always felt like you guys as organizations because the Navy doesn't have combat arms you're it you're the show like in the army you got Ranger of and you got big big army infantry or combat arms and it's very convoluted so you don't get a special seat you don't get a special representation or support even, but you guys are it. And that culture of being it, I, I felt like whenever I was overseas with you guys, like the command gave you a lot of flexibility, like a lot of latitude. Like I was even, I mean, when I was in the agency, driving around doing stuff, and then here you guys around and doing stuff I'm like, what? I'm like, why are we, like they're doing that? Like what? Like I would, they would never buy off of that in the army. Now, even at the highest tiered levels, they would never allow that to happen. And I was always impressed by that because I was like, these guys' commands, trust them to do their job. When it seems like, you know, in my commands and USASOC and USIFIC, it, like you had to do the 15 page PowerPoint and and it took weeks. It's like, we didn't have the latitude to do a lot. It felt that way. And I know there's some parts of organizations that don't deal with that but we certainly did. Do, do you guys, did you guys have a good sense from the command and, and your military experience? Because there's a height, right? Like the maybe 07, 08, where you're like, the gloves are off, let's go to war. And then things change, political circumstances. And then you're like, is this really what I want to be in? Did you guys have any ebbs and flows
2: of, of that? I had one um, right before we um, screened. Just a weird transition time like um say the obama administration um a lot of entitled stuff started happening Yeah, yeah yeah command culture shift uh people felt entitled coming in as new guys and stuff like that um but really it was the first time i ever i felt like i was a pawn for the very first time i felt like i was just a name on a whiteboard um i mean you get stood down task force does something it's not even you and you're stood down for 90 consecutive days and it's like it eroded us so fast um just sitting there with nothing to do and like we trained our entire adult lives to this moment we finally get over here we're away from our families and you're not gonna let us do anything like why there's no reason we have all the assets in the world we can do everything we want to and you're just not going to let us like, very hard pill to swallow mm. um and you just sit there and you're, just, <laughs> you're miserable like i just want to go work that's all i want to do and i tell the old lady i was like i feel like i'm a. I feel like i'm a high level martyr like i I just want to show you how willing i am like let me show you how much i love this fucking place i'll show you right now just Mm -hmm. i just want the opportunity just
3: let me go show you how far i'm willing to go for this group right here i mean peaks and valleys um i think all of us collectively um we were given enough rope to be creative and look outside the box um and we never stopped doing it i mean even now like from where you guys started till now like you had to look outside the box, like the standard template doesn't fit what we're doing. Um, but allowing that creativity and enough rope to hang yourself with, and sometimes you hang yourself. Yeah, it happens. I mean, you weren't uh, there uh, as Cole; you were there representing the command, and uh, you valued that more than anything. So. There's a lot of pressure.
2: I mean, okay. everybody in the military, you're under pressure. Um, I think that was the one thing that. The headshed would say it, and I would never, um, at least me personally, it never really resonated until it was later on in my career. Like, when you leave here, you are a, du- a direct representation of SEAL Team 10, whatever. Like, when you go to 7-Eleven wearing a shirt, some loud ass, you know, whatever, you're representing us. If you get a DUI right now, you are going to fuck us. Like, Big HQ is going to find out. They're going to call here to the CO who's going to call down to your troop headshed is going to ream their ass and wonder why one of their dudes is driving around outtown drunk and you can't justify it. Like you're a full-time Navy SEAL. Why are you shit based? And you know, two 30 in the morning on a work day. Why, why are you out boozing? You, and when you put that standard, you couldn't justify it.
1: If I want to be a pro, it really solves it all for me. Yeah. There's no off season being a pro. No. Yeah. In no. the military, especially at, at the levels that you guys operated. Um, Do you guys have any regrets in your military careers? Not personal, but military-wise, do you have any regrets?
2: Yeah. Um, The things I wish I would have said, things I wish I would have done. A couple things overseas, like shoulda, coulda, woulda. A lot of things where if I would have gone back in time, if I had a time machine and I would have re-switched my footing, I'd be dead. And it's like... I don't even know how to, do. you and me are walking down the hallway and I always go left. Like, I see a competition, I just slide left. And this one time I went right, and if I would have gone left, I would have been dead. Mm. Just blind luck, just, there's no reason, there's no rhyme, just, I'm just here out of just luck. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, looking back on it, like, I wish I would have, um, I wish I would have went pro sooner. I wish I would have obsessed on day one, just listen to the old guys and just, stuck a thumb drive in the back of their head like the matrix and just downloaded information i wish i could go back and just retain every pearl of wisdom that got thrown out in that team room and just stuck it in my pocket mm. just so much stuff that goes over the top of your head yeah and maybe the delivery wasn't there maybe i just wasn't receptive enough but there was just so much knowledge in every room you walked into um i mean i remember being in iraq um 22 sas was there the unit was there the rangers were there and it's like the amount of experience in that fucking chow hall like if I could just go back and shut the doors and that's kind of what we did. We brought over the guys from the unit and they they taught us about palm groves. Like I don't know anything about palm groves. I've never seen them. Like yeah. thank God. Yeah. Like holy shit. That's for the bad guys like to hide. Exactly man. Like if we just get this knowledge transfer thing in a transferable formula like we can really save some lives. Like there are some dudes out there with some massive amounts of experience who are just itching to give it away if you'll just shut the fuck up and listen to it. Yeah. It's like that's kind, of, kind of what we do now like Every single dude I need, from the guy editing this podcast to you to chick working the front counter, like yeah, I can learn something from everybody. Yeah. Like just take it, take the ego out of it. Like, you can learn shit from every single person on earth. Yeah. I like that.
4: Yeah.
3: I mean, there's some skin level, deep regrets on like, I wish I didn't handle that conversation this way or that way. Um, but I, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. I broke my leg, our first workup before first deployment. I could have been on the red wing flight. I was almost in that in that platoon, but it happened for a reason. like if we had gone to the next level sooner, would we be would we have been on extortion um, or and you know a teammate's kind of position that's not here anymore? Um, but I mean, regrets are not learned from mistakes, and uh, everything happens for a reason, and being at peace with it how it ended up. Um, Only you can do that. I mean, it's hard. Bury yourself in a bottle or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, I loved every minute of it. Mistakes or not. I mean, consistently learned by a fire hose. Um, But the camaraderie and that kind of unity and how we can come in here first time face-to-face and rap like we've known each other for 20 years. So wouldn't uh, take that back at all.
1: Yeah, I love... I mean, that's what I love about the commands and the kind of the continuity that's developed in the command structures is just, I mean, getting out, it's almost like many organizations standing up, right, mm-hmm. developing their own SOPs, and to be able to interoperate is something that not a lot of companies or veterans or people do, period. I mean, we, I see it in every space from hunting to tactical to overlanding, it's like, why? The, the best version of it is like the TF-16. You know, it's like the it's the JSOC, JSOC action arm. You know, it's like um, when, you, when you can collaborate like that, then you truly see what you're capable of. And, um, and plus you're leveraging assets and resources. I mean, we got a lot of action to do. If we could leverage our assets and resources, then we can make shit happen faster. And I, I like that whole idea. I mean, McChrystal was a genius in that way um What's the future for closing out? What's the future for GBRS from like this day forward? How what, what do you what's next for you guys?
3: We got a lot of products coming. Yeah. Going out to Arizona. Yeah.
2: Got to do a sky trip. Gonna have to do a sky buggy. Hang out, try to get a hundred jumps in a week, hopefully. Um Yeah, and then get ready for 2022. Got uh, slings dropping. Um, more bells. Got a bunch of colorways. Got some optic mounts all kinds of products coming out and then really try to focus on uh hopefully hopefully covid's behind us for 2022 yeah and start doing some collaborative stuff yeah and really just focus on knowledge transfer
1: yeah just that love universal that. application do you have a t-shirt that says knowledge transfer <laughs> we're getting ready to make some okay you should yeah. I'll, I'll wear that shirt that's awesome i love that about that knowledge transfer that's really cool
2: i just saw the one downstairs loyalty to the tribe
1: yeah oh yeah okay. like, yeah that's a big deal man and you guys are I mean, we're in each other's tribe, but I think th- that's important moving forward. You know, we had the conversation with Evan Haver, Black Rifle Coffee, and all these things that are evolving. I'm excited about the future for you guys, but also working working together in different yeah. things. I need you guys with us in South Africa. Um, oh, yeah. Shit hits the fan. I, I, mean, yeah. I know we can lean on each other. Mm-hmm. I have a whole bunch of civilians with us, so we –
3: you got to be able to protect them. I mean, somebody's got to be wondering, like, what are what's Army Navy doing together? But now they're two companies, aren't they competing? Like, what they're working together. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, why would you not? You know, yeah. it's just, yeah. that whole
1: consumers. Th- th- I always take that as a, a misunderstanding of what consumers want. Consumers want options. You know, I mean, they don't want just one optic. They don't want just one gun. They don't want just one way. They want tactics. They want techniques. They want the ability to to source information and make their best decisions and this idea that we're all competition I'm like that's dumb I mean I'll, I'll host you anytime I'll market you anytime because that's I think that's what we should be doing you know mm-hmm. well, can I can I drop this bomb on the, uh, the podcast thing or you guys are gonna do that right yeah, yeah. all right yeah, so yeah. you guys are launching your first podcast by time this air when's the first podcast drop Well,
2: no so we did a collaborative with Sean Yep. So, we're doing Sean Ryan at uh, hopefully Thanksgiving. So, that'll drop. And so, you went to Sean's? We went to Sean's. You did, did the whole stuff. Yep. yep. So, we're going to unblur the face. He did. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, your podcast, your own podcast, are I you guys going to have that? We
3: might be able to squeeze it out New Year's on. Eve maybe i'll
1: give you the equipment i'll let you borrow that shit i'll you just it mail it your, back set it on camera it's no, easy no shit we might have to know because yeah. if you if you if that sean ryan stuff i mean sean ryan stuff i was his first podcast on that in that format yeah. and our shit blew up and i was like dude if i don't have all my shit together like uh, all these people are like what next mike and i'm like oh fuck and sean applied that pressure and i'm like okay well we need to create the next yeah. and i think you know i'm not saying you should but Holiday Probably podcast?
3: Hmm? Holiday podcast.
2: Holiday podcast. Yeah. No. Knowledge transfer. Let's talk about being call yeah. it knowledge.
3: <laughs> Dude,
1: knowledge transfer would be dope as a name. <laughs> knowledge transfer GBRS. Dude. All right, fuck it. All right. Yeah. You gotta right. do it. Yeah. All yeah. right. We're in. That's a huge deal. I mean it's once a week. It's you guys talking about shit that you guys already do. And then, you know, knowledge transfers. Oh, damn. That would be so badass. So is it are uh-huh. you guys doing it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: we're in. Dropping the holidays. So we, we use
1: Sure mics, which are these mics, these stands. When I'm doing portables and just that, what is it, the H6, Julian? Yeah, the H6. Yeah, the H6. That shit's on AM, That shit's like the best recorder on the planet. You hook it into that, dude. I already got an editor for you.
3: Okay. I don't like. You, that. Hey, uh, since you're gonna put us on the spot, <laughs> you're gonna be on the first podcast, right? I'll do it.
1: <laughs> we re- will record it. I'll I'll
3: do it right now. Do another transfer. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's yeah. cool, man. That's. Yeah. That's actually really cool. This could be you could use this podcast as the first podcast just to put the information out there. But that you guys got so much valuable information in your heads, man. And it, I mean, you are the the, the magic behind the business because it's it's all of the knowledge. Like people, a lot of guys like you that I have and I have I have the same thing. It's imposter syndrome. It's like that twenty years of experience that you each have is why that you're able to come into this industry or space and just have a a seat at the table it's because of that you know? it is
4: yeah it,
2: yeah it's a. it's weird it's humbling yeah i mean
1: it is um
2: thank god for you guys laying the groundwork this is it's so foreign i mean you know i mean like you lived in a bubble for 20 years like, i know man you didn't have social media like i didn't know anything about this yeah like i didn't we didn't do the youtube thing like i didn't we didn't have time yeah. and you get out and you're like this is, a, this is a whole thing. Like, this is, yep. this is a full-time commitment. Holy shit, none of this happens by accident. Yeah. It isn't like you, you made a video with a cat doing a funny dance and now you're an internet sensation. You didn't grow up on
1: Disney Channel and now you're trying to
2: box professionally.
1: Yeah, and there's a right way to do it. I mean, it guys really get is. so intimidated because they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, there's a right way to do it. You can still maintain integrity, OPSEC, and just do it the right way. And I mean, you guys are doing it the right way.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what we try to do. Try to be tasteful, you know, pay homage to all the great experience we had, all the great leaders. Um, but we don't have to let anybody peek behind the curtain. Like, you can see it. We're here. and We'll say it, but I'm not giving away any secrets, man. It's yeah. Not, yeah. I
1: love that, man. Yeah. Well, There's no need for it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, guys. No, thank you for having it. us. This place yeah. is awesome. Yeah. No, I appreciate you guys, totally. man. It's cool to see Navy guys in here. I like all, I think I got more Navy friends between Andy, Sean, and all the guys. Um, but it's just needed. I mean, you guys are needed in this space to bring some, I think, relevancy and new blood and then keep these these kids on the gram who are kind of getting these misperceptions. Just keep them educated so they know the right things to pay attention to.
2: Yeah, I, I had no idea that 13-year-olds had uh, had favorites.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. This unit's better
2: than this unit and this guy versus this guy. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude just stop yeah it's funny social media is funny though you guys are gonna crush it man i'm, I'm proud of you guys and thanks for coming take the time to come yeah, in i appreciate it thank you thanks guys.